Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, welcome to the pod. It is uh, early afternoon on the East Coast, June 4th, Thursday. I feel like we need to say when we're talking in these uh, uncertain times because Lord yeah. knows what will happen next. Stuff is happening. Continues to be a really troubling time in America, unfortunate time in America. Uh, we're going to discuss some of that. We're going to discuss it through the prism of college sports because this is a college sports podcast. We uh, tried to um, really just talk about the issues at hand uh, on our previous podcast. We're also going to tell some jokes later because that's what this thing is about. Um, and for a long time, uh, especially during the coronavirus, uh, seemed like people liked that this was at least an hour of uh, something else. But the current uh, situation uh, after the uh, murder of uh, George Floyd uh, continues to reverberate into all facets of society, and that includes uh, college football. And uh, I thought this was a certainly an interesting story and maybe one that is speaks a lot to how the world is going to go going forward. It is not the same America that we had two weeks ago. Florida State, Florida State coach Mike Norvell, new coach, came from Memphis, did a great job up there, took over the Seminoles this offseason. Uh, he put out a statement to the Athletic on Tuesday afternoon that suggested we've had a lot of open communication with our team, our players, and our coaches. I went back and forth individually with every player this weekend. And that was something that was important to me because this is a heartbreaking time in our country. And you've seen that a lot with a lot of teams, but a lot of organizations all together. And it's it, unfortunately due to the COVID, it's not as easy to just gather a team into a meeting and hash it out for hours. You have to do all sorts of things. There's a lot going on in America. However, on Wednesday, after that statement is put out about what Florida State's coaching staff did to discuss with players' uh, uh, concerns, I don't know, what, whatever it was, Marvin Wilson, who's the star defensive tackle for the Seminoles, might be their best player, tweets out, this did not happen as a emoji for the uh, bleep word there. We got a generated text that was sent to everybody. There was no one-on-one -on -one talk between us and coach. This is a lie. And me and my teammates as a whole are outraged. And we will not be working out until further, further notice. I don't know exactly what did or didn't happen. I don't know what Norval, Norvell was trying to do. He, he released a statement which suggests he wasn't just speaking off the top of his head and just misphrased it. I think that's what might be interesting. But to me, this is a sign of a new day. You better come real and honest or your players will call you out immediately and turn a small thing into a very big thing. The players are... I mean, if, if there is indeed a workout boycott or whatever of any degree, the players are unified on this. And I think for a long time, coaches 
were able to just sort of control the narrative of what was going on inside their program. And nobody spoke out. Players were not were, were loath contradict that narrative. Well, not now. So this is a Florida State problem. I am going to figure that it will get worked out. Obviously, it'd be disappointing if a head coach just lied about that and it makes no sense why he would. I tend to believe the player, Marvin Wilson, but I just think it's a it's a new thing. What do you what do you guys think? Pete, I'll start with you. Yeah, well, I think Mike Norvell screwed up here. Uh, you know, he's obviously uh in his first year at Florida State. And I I think if you if you look at what happened, it was likely his intention to do these things, and he stated them as fact, and that was wrong. And that's that's very clear. And I, I do think we talked about this on on the pod a couple of weeks ago, uh, that we're we're entering an era of player empowerment in 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 college football. We we talked about it uh through the prism of you know, should the should the players quote unquote strike? Should they be sitting out? Is this a time where their voice can be heard? There there's never a better time. And we we obviously had that discussion through the prism of if the players are back and the students aren't, what does that say? And their their leverage is uh their their leverage is high. So good for Marvin Wilson. He saw a pile of poop emoji, as he said, and he called it he called it right out. His teammates his teammates backed him. And uh I, I think the dynamic here does underscore the problem for a first year coach who doesn't know these players that well. Mike Norvell doesn't know Marvin Wilson. He didn't recruit him. He's never been in his house. He likely has not met his family. And he's likely only spent a couple weeks around him. And Mike Norvell's an offensive coach. He's obviously a, a star defensive player. Like the 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 relationship and the trust isn't there. So when when Marvin Wilson saw this and, and and called him out, he he had the he had the right to do so. I and and obviously I give him a lot of credit for doing that. It's it's my understanding that there was a team meeting this morning again on Zoom, like everybody else is uh, like everyone else is having now. And a few Florida State. Players kind of tweeted like "carry on, we're we're good." A uh, couple of the so one of the guys on the defensive side of the ball say that, but this is uh, th- th- I think it's it, it's a fascinating story because it's it's the quintessential story for the moment right now. You you, you are finding out how players are feeling, and it, it, I just thought it was a fascinating way to uh, to, to address it, and it you know like a muscle flex um, of hey we're not going to work out like this is wrong. We, we need to really talk about this and uh, good for Marvin Wolfson for calling his coach on the carpet and, uh, and enforcing the conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There are reports that there was a team meeting uh, Thursday morning. Some, yeah, there were some, some tweets. Kevon Glenn, we, we love our coach and we are together as a team. Uh, there was some other tweets that basically did seem like trying to kind of tamp this down. And uh, according to the, Florida State 247 site, the athletic director, David Coburn, uh, told the board of trustees in a meeting that the meeting with Narvell and the players was considered productive and candid, which sounds like, you know, administrative speak. Yeah. Hey, power to the players is here, you know, and if you have the uh, the pulpit the way they have it right now and you see a coach or hear a coach lying Call it out, and Marvin Wilson did, and it's a really, really bad start for Mike Norvell in a new job. Really bad. Uh, you know, maybe they did get in that meeting today and and smooth it over, and they're going to be okay. But I mean, if you if it's possible to lose the locker room before you even really start in the locker room, he might have done it. That's that's pretty. He lost the empty locker room. Yeah, the, the, the new right. COVID world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but that's the thing, Dan. You you mentioned right off the the top of this is that fakes and phonies are in difficult uh, difficult territory right now. You cannot kind of pretend to be a guy who was in touch with your team or cares about your team and not really be in touch with your team or care about your team, because players you hear we've heard coaches say it a million times. They can spot a phony, they can spot a fake, and they're more willing than ever to say it. I think, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, I've covered a million coaches. You guys have too, where they will say things that are obvious, either hyperbole or outright dissembling. And the co- the players will be like, oh, man, did coach say that? That's crazy. But, they, you know, they would never call it out before. And now you've got the voice. And so you're hearing people call it out. Yeah. My apologies for not seeing those those tweets. And I would have set up the thing with those. But 
honestly, I was spending the morning dealing with Drew Brees and the reaction to that. And it goes along the same line. He comes out and makes a statement in 2020 about national anthem protests, which was the exact same statement he made in 2016. But this time, he gets blown up by his own teammates. And so, again, it's a different world. Two, three, three, three years ago, the Kaepernick protesting was still going big. That's when Trump called all the players names and everything. I mean, it was a huge issue. Three years later, the exact same stance, which did not cause peer, let alone public rebuke, Breeze is reeling. And so things change quick, slow. <laughs> things change very slowly in this country, but they can also change quickly in small ways. And this is a, another one of those issues. I don't think three years ago, not only was no one saying it, but you weren't going to have a teammates just come out and just hammer the franchise quarterback. So I, you certainly weren't going to have some player come out and hammer, a co- call out a college head coach like that. No way. And I think there is an empowerment of the players. There is. This is a very, very big issue. And so for anyone in leadership, or anyone in a workforce or anything, it's about figuring out how to. I, I don't. I don't even want to say it that way. I don't know. But the you you better you better be right. You better come right, or or you're going to get called out. It's just a totally different deal. Someone's not afraid to make you feel uncomfortable, even if you're the the, the Hall of Fame quarterback that's basically the face of the franchise uh, and a big hero in that town. And so it was uh, it, it, that that was stating. And I think, again, Florida State, uh, same thing. And I, I, I think as we go to this, um, players want to see what their coaches are saying. I think they're really, really interested. And I don't know what this will mean going forward in terms of recruiting or in terms of 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 their trust in the coach or whatever. But it's just there seems to be a different a, a different bit. We've seen a lot of different things uh, this week. Uh, a number of coaches participated in protest marches. Uh, others obviously didn't. There were, again, a lot of the statements. Texas coach Tom Herman, extremely outspoken on one direction on this, trying to support his players, encouraging them to post on social media, say whatever they want. Here's a quote from Tom. Uh, okay, cool, hook them. Oh, no, no, that was... A- <laughs> <laughs> That's the other quote from Tom. I know that. That remains his greatest quote. I'm sorry. This is a lot more, much more substantive, but forgive me. Um, Can the average fan relate? He's talking about his player, the experience of the players. No, they can't. Tom Herman said there's a double standard, maybe a little bit. We're going to pack 100,000 people into Daryl K. Royal. Uh, stadium and millions watch on TV that are predominantly white. Not all of them, certainly, but most of them white. We're going to cheer when they score a touchdown and we're going to hug our buddy when they get a, get sacks or an interception. But we, we going to let them date our daughter. Are we going to hire them in a position of power in our company? That's the question I have for America. You can't have it both ways. And if you're going to cheer them and love them for three and a half hours on Saturday in the fall, you better have the same feelings for them off the field because they're human beings that deserve the same amount of respect and human rights that all of us do in this country when we agreed on the social contract to be a member of the United States. Strong words. And um, what I like about those words, it's a challenge to the people hearing them. I'll give you another example. Like Greg Popovich comes, uh, does these unloading rip jobs of Donald Trump and gets cheered for it. But like, what's that actually accomplishing? I don't know. Like, I don't know that he's changing any minds by just going crazy on and Greg Popovich can have his own opinion. I don't right. tell him, not tell him to shut up and dribble, shut <laughs> up and coach, but w- whatever. But I don't know that that's all that effective. Um, People who hate Donald Trump get all excited and they cheer for Greg Popovich. But I don't think anyone's sitting there going, maybe these kind of things where you're challenging all of us is good because a head football coach, particularly in these places like Texas or a lot of state, these state schools have an ability to talk to people who normally won't listen. They're not going to listen to whatever Colin Kaepernick's got to say. Not going to listen to whatever this person has to say. They might listen to they might hear that and go, huh, maybe I'll think maybe. Maybe a little percentage. So 
I thought that was a a powerful statement. I can't remember where I was going to go go on it. Pat, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That was a great statement from Herman. Um, you know, and I think I think he's learning on the job because uh, I think you know I, he's a I think he's a very smart guy, a talented coach. He has not done that well at Texas, not as well as was expected. And I think he came in with a little bit, maybe too much swagger. Uh, you know, the old what's the what's the dog saying? Uh, bark less, wag more. And I think maybe he's getting around to wagging with his players a little bit and a little less barking. Uh, and you know, it's time time to learn it for for a lot of people, for all of us. I think it's time to listen to what the young people around us, and especially the young people of color around us, have been saying. And uh, I, I I was impressed by what Herman had to say there, and I think it's absolutely true that 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 he did take that and drop that on the doorstep of the boosters who pay a lot of money to help make Texas, you know, the the revenue machine that it is, and said, this is up to you guys to deal with it. And there's a lot of coaches that are kind of scared to to say anything to cross the boosters, but. Tom went there, and I thought that was good. Yeah, I give uh, I give Tom Herman a, a lot of credit. I, uh, I I texted with him this week just after I, after I saw his statements, and uh, you know he's a he's a very passionate guy, and he's he's a guy who speaks from the heart. And he he kind of joked with me on text message. He said, you know, speaking from the heart's always been the easy part. You know, the hard part is the filtering part, which goes on said you have to do when you're the head coach at a place like that and so I feel like this is this has been an interesting window into Herman and and who he really is because he's kind of been able to, to to let it rip from the heart here and I think that message has uh has has really resonated yeah and you know he he wants that right he wants that challenge and I I don't think that it's a failure of every coach if they they are built for that although I would like to see them become built for that I don't think anything Tom Herman said there could possibly really, I mean, what what are we talking about here? This was not some outrageous <laughs> um, comments. It's like, treat these guys like you would treat your own son. Like, th- this is the person you value, value them, all of them. I would like to think everybody, but, it, you know, it, some of these coaches are just not good at this. I'm going to bring up Dabo Sweeney, and I'm going to give him a little bit of an out on this, Dabo Sweeney held a press conference this week, right at the at, right after our last taping. Uh, most of these guys have not held press conferences. I don't know how many have. Very few. Very few. Dabo could have just had Clemson put out some statement, and we all would have forgot it. Would have been in the pile of other statements that are out there. Dabo did speak about this. It, his comments just didn't really go anywhere, uh, and I just don't think. I think, Pat, you had an interesting column, so I'll let you take over this discussion. Just Dabo isn't built for this. And I like, I really like Dabo Sweeney. I, I, I enjoy talking to him. I enjoy, uh, I, I, I um, admire his, his life story, his passion, all the different things. I, I, I like him a lot, but it's just isn't his thing. We can wish it was, but it isn't. But I thought I, I thought Pat, you had a, a very good column on, so I'll let you go with it. Yeah, I know. I think that uh, not his thing is 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 a pretty accurate summation. I, I said he's, you know, he's he's a great football coach, but he's just a football coach. And if you're looking for somebody to be an agent of change, because you know they interact and work with 50, 60 young African American athletes, it's not going to be him. He's an agent of change. Uh, Dabo has has been very, very old school in most of his approaches to a lot of things, life in general, college athletics in specific. Some of that's fine. Some of it makes him sound behind the times and out of touch, I would say, with uh, with social issues in society. And in this instance, I agree that, you, yeah, you know, he wanted, to, he wanted to speak personally. He likes to talk. He's a talker. And I think a lot of these guys, and boy, we've we discussed in the, this before. It's like you make enough money, you win enough games, you think you know everything. You think you're an expert on everything. This was one where Dabo could very easily talk himself into trouble, and he did. Basically, instead of ever coming out and using any words like police brutality, racism, you know, systemic problem, it was all, you know, well, there's sin in the world. And basically, let's, let's just write this off as the devil made Derek Chauvin do something. And that response didn't resonate well with me and a lot of other people either. 
that, you know, I thought it was time to get specific and to just to really address what actually happened in Minneapolis that has affected the entire nation. You know, but that's that's Dabo and that's who he is. And I like you said, Dan, hey, I like covering him. He's an interesting guy. He's a charismatic guy. His life story is very impressive. His teams are fun to be around. He's still, at the end of the day, just a football coach. And the other thing a lot of people said, well, what's wrong with being just a football coach? But Dabo's kind of wanted it both ways. In 2016, when he was asked about the Kaepernick thing, he didn't pull the I'm just a football coach card there. He he went on an eight-minute, 980-word filibuster criticizing Kaepernick and players taking a knee. At one point, he said that if people don't like the way it is in America, they should leave the country. And so if you want to be that guy, if you want to get on that soapbox, then you're not just a football coach. And But if you want to get on that soapbox, it's also best if you know a little bit more about what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Pat. Da- I listened to Dabo's whole comments, uh, the, you know, the half an hour, 45 minutes uh, on Monday, and they were just completely empty. There was just nothing there. Um, he did not say... I thought anything of substance, he certainly didn't directly address uh, the police brutality issue in in the murder of George Floyd. He offered his condolences to the Floyd family. I mean, he wasn't completely tone deaf. But in terms of substantive and tangible things moving forward, Dabo didn't bring a lot to the table. And, And it's at pivot points like this where what he said about Colin Kaepernick gets brought back up. What he said about I'm going to quit if we have to pay the players like that. The amount of tone deaf things Dabo has said are all of a sudden starting to mount up a little bit. And even the, the, the last reporter on the call almost like gave him an out to to offer some like specific, tangible things. Uh, he mentioned African-American communities in South Carolina and Dabo just kind of he just kind of whiffed. I mean, he, he did not. He considering the time he had had to prepare and having he had seen the reactions to what others had said. I, he just kind of freelanced with the same old Dabo stuff. And again, I do give him credit for talking. I, I don't think he did anything egregiously wrong, but I also don't think he did anything right. I, I wrote a column saying he and others, many, many others were just incomplete. Like we need to judge people. I feel strongly going forward with what they do and how they address this within their programs, with tangible things, with reaching to their communities and the underserved, underprivileged and uh, minorities in their own communities. Also the communities in which they recruit where these athletes come from. Like there are tangible things that can be done from these, you know, the platforms that these coaches have and these players have as, as we're seeing it. And I did not get a sense that Dabo was looking to do that. I, I got a sense that he was looking to sort of tip his cap and, and move on and talk to his team. But there, there really there really wasn't uh, a great sense of, of, of the moment in, in, you know, in this this pivot point we're at for this generation. Yeah, I think it's just I agree with everything you said. I mean, I just think it's they don't have to do anything. They don't owe us, but it's just disappointing. It's like, here's a guy who's so passionate and such a great speaker, so motivational and really good at teaching. I mean, Dabo, I don't know anybody thinks Dabo built Clemson because he's the best X and O coach that's ever come along. He gets people in his organization players and coaches and everyone alike to believe in something, believe in the impossible. He used to carry around, he may still, a little sign into every single meeting and said, believe. And there was another saying, it was like, nothing's not impossible. Or I, I can't remember exactly the phrasing. It's been written about a million times. But like, he's the guy who sat there and took over this middling program and said, we're going to be the best program in America. You go, well, that's impossible. Come on now, it's, it's Clemson. And you're named Dabo. <laughs> Some guy named Dabo is never coach. He's going to make Clemson the best program in America. Mm-hmm. Or it's damn close to one. If it ain't one, it's one A. And so here's a guy that in, inspires that and rallies all these people. And you go, gosh, this guy could really, really have an impact if he just. And again, I, I'm not asking for you to go Popovich. That wouldn't make any sense. If you reach 10% of your audience and they change 10%, you've made an impact. But to just sit there, and I understand he's of faith and all this, but there's a lot of sin in the world, and that's how we get this situation. 
That's like, you know, if you lose, if you lose the Florida State and sit there and say, oh, I guess God wanted Florida State to win. No, he redesigns the defense. He finds a better cornerback. He redoes the weight and neutral. I mean, these are granular details of everything. Nothing is left for chance at Clemson football. <laughs> so you just, I just think course. <laughs> I want more out of these guys. And it's not yeah. just Dabo. Again, Dabo spoke. I want more out of Saban. Yeah. I want more out of Coach K. Yeah. John Calipari, uh, Harbaugh, what any of these guys, big iconic people. I may not get it. They don't. They don't owe me. But you know, Dean Smith sat at a lunch counter with with African Americans. You know, in, in North Carolina, nope. and he wasn't Dean Smith yet. No, he was not. And that had an impact, not just in that moment. But his whole career, because other people could take strength from that old story. You know, that's it's not just, well, he helped integrate one lunch counter. It's that story helped bring for years attention to how wrong thinking that was. And so we got any of those guys. Maybe we got a few. But man, you have such talent, Dabo, such talent. You get a guy like that who's going to start asking and learning and saying, how do I confront these issues? What, what lesson could 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 you, are you trying to teach that I could maybe teach to help make this country better? And there's got I, I know he's not. This is not a guy who's who's a pro police violence or rape. I mean, it's not him. I, I just don't believe any of that. He just doesn't have any interest in it. And I just wish he did. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's not fair for, for, for him to have to care what I wish. Still think he's a great football coach. I think he's a great guy. I just, man, it's kind of disappointing to watch some of these guys just pretty much do nothing on this. If he was as impassioned about the, you know, the state of America right now in the wake of uh, George Floyd's killing as he was about Colin Kaepernick in 2016, that would have been a nice adjustment. There you go. You know, he did not speak with fiery passion for eight minutes about anything tangibly related to George Floyd. But he had that full on rant back four years ago um, about Colin Kaepernick. So, again, it it would be unfair to just totally criticize him because he at least put himself out there and, and opened up to address it. But I, I agree. Dan said it perfectly. We want more, you know, from, from, from a coach in that position. And I would guess his players want more. All right. Some good news in terms of college football. The mood has shifted considerably in the last month. Everybody I talk to in every sport, it's shifted. I mean, man, it was dark back in April and late March. People didn't know anything. Now it's it's. I'm not so sure. I used to predict that I didn't think all 130 schools would play college football in the fall. I think they all might start. I don't know whether they'll finish, but they're going to start. I think they all will. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and I would have thought that impossible listening to people. This wasn't just opinions I was coming up with or scenarios I was hoping for. It was what I was hearing. Uh, not only Dan, that, we know you didn't want him to play football. I didn't okay? want him to play. Well, we yeah. saw it. We saw it right through your agenda. I didn't your want UMass to play. Agenda, Dan. I didn't the... want UMass to play. That was <laughs> it. <laughs> Nobody wants UMass to play. I'm not sure UMass wants UMass to play. Oh, they do. If oh, you only do. had donations to threaten them with, Dan, that you could withhold them. But you've been doing a really good job yeah. withholding them. So. You there can no spread out. You can easily spread 50% capacity yeah. at, uh, at UMass's football stadium. McGuirk <laughs> Alumni Stadium. Could No no problem with that. What's your social distancing plan? We're just going to play. Um, yeah, we've had about 25% capacity forever. Uh, just ask the people to kind of move out a little bit. You know, stay... Uh, not a problem. Anyway, look, I saw Texas could have up to 50%. They're talking now fans in their stands. It's a lot of fans. It's a hundred thousand seat stadium. Michigan state's trying to figure out they're now coming up with plans and who gets in Oklahoma state deputy AD says if health officials allow us to, we will play in front of a full stadium. Right now, that is the only scenario that we are planning for. We are not spending time right now, a lot of time, on other scenarios. If we get to the point we need to do that, we will. But right now, we're optimistic with the scenario we're planning for. This is what we do. This point, we're trying to go about business as usual. 
you know, the, this is, uh, I don't know. Can you imagine a full stadium? Maybe. I, I don't know that people will pack in. That's the one thing. We found when, like, the reopenings happen, it's like, hey, you can go to a restaurant. And everyone's like, yeah, I think I'll just make another turkey sandwich at home for a little bit. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe by then you got 60,000 cowboys down there. Go pokes. Still water. Uh, I don't know. Now, at the, at the same time, uh, so I, let's go with that. I mean, at the same time, like they're testing at Oklahoma State. They've had a few players test positive for, for COVID. Uh, nothing apparently serious yet. So that's good. Again, my plot of uh, infect your team early. <laughs> <laughs> get a herd immunity, make everyone cough and <clears throat> lay on a couch for a couple weeks at most and, and be ready for kick. That's how I would do it. Uh, I would also be fired once that plan was <laughs> found out. But. You may get fired Wetzel for suggesting strategy. that on a podcast, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we may uh, fire you fired. here. It's possible. Yeah. I don't know how I haven't been fired yet. <laughs> Will we have some full houses, gentlemen? Can you believe it? Uh, no, 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 I don't think that. First of all, let's call a spade a spade with Oklahoma State. T Boone Pickens Stadium is rarely full to begin with. Uh, it is. Check check the attendance figures. They are they are almost never sold out. Usually only coincides with the uh, Oklahoma game when they're playing at home. So there's that. But then secondly, are they going to be able to sell all the tickets they want? I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so because it's one thing to go full pistol Pete Gundy cowboy as far as bringing back your 18 to 22 year olds who, you know, are statistically shown to be less affected by the virus, to not shed it as much, to be, you know, less ill. But a lot of the people that are going to have that have the season tickets at Oklahoma State are going to be older people. And the demographics show that they are much more at risk. Maybe not as much in that state as elsewhere, but still, out of the people that are getting sick, the old people tend to be more of them. So I just can't imagine. Maybe, I mean, that may be the point you get to, Dan, where the old people are like, well, you can sell all the tickets you want, but we're not going. But I just, I, I don't think, I think it'd be very irresponsible for Oklahoma State to say, come one, come all, sit where you want, sit in each other's laps. We don't care. And then just expect, yeah, if anything happens, it happens. We're okay. I, I just have a hard time seeing that happening. All right, quickly, I'll get to you, Pete. I have a news break. Uh -oh. I don't want Florida State fans mad at me. Uh oh. So I can't hold. Marvin Wilson just put out a statement on Instagram. Okay. All's good. Okay. Took a stand. We got what we wanted. We are moving forward. I appreciate Coach Norvell for encouraging me to use my platform and speak for what me and my teammates believe in. Be the change that you need when you was growing up and help build black communities up and take back what is ours. So there you go. Okay. Um, all Everything's good down in Tallahassee, as I suspected. It would get sorted <laughs> out. Probably coach said, oh, please don't tweet again. What do you need? Yeah, right. I, I know this wouldn't happen because Marvin's an upstanding guy. But again, if I was the player, I would. there'd be a new Corvette on my doorstep. <laughs> and um, that's, just, that's just me. <laughs> um, Dodge Charger these days, Dan. Dodge Charger. Yeah. No, that's because they were trying to hide it, man. <laughs> we'll see what they start going when they don't got to hide it. Well, just ask for a Trans Am if you're going to ask for a Corvette. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I said a Corvette. I don't even like Corvettes. Hey, they're made in the, Bowling Green, Kentucky. It's, I'm about okay straight cash, man. Straight cash. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Florida State. It's all right. Everything's good again. Okay. Just a little blip, but we'll see. But again, you better get them straight. You've been 48, 24 hours. You're going to be apologizing or, or, or giving up. All right. One quick point to Pat's while I have the mic and then we'll go to Pete. Maybe again, this is my dollar ball. Go thank you. Maybe Oklahoma state saying, yeah, we're going to let you all in knowing those old people won't come, but they have to buy their tickets. Well, Revenue, that could man. Be. That could I, be. Pete, what do you think? Full house. Is that possible? 50%. The full house declaring a full house on June 1st or, or whenever they did it to me is just like it's tempting fate. Uh, it's you're waiting for a karmic payback. I I just keep going back to the super spreader event in Rome. There was a, there was an AP article two or three months ago. We discussed this on the podcast when a I don't want to say a majority, but a lot of the issues in Italy were tied to this one soccer match. And just if there's if if you're 
if you host a super spreading event on your campus, I don't know liability rules. I don't know if you're going to sign anything. That's just an awful thing. Like if if there is that, if if you start to look back, like the infallibility of an inevitability of the season coming back and being normal is already being poked. There are being holes poked in. We're two days in, you know, to when the moratorium is ended. Right. You have players at Marshall, seven players at Arkansas State. You obviously have the Oklahoma State linebacker who went to the protest in Tulsa. Multiple athletes at Iowa State uh, have, have tested positive for corona. Do you think the 50,000 people coming to your stadium, none of them are going to have it? And if they do, the potential for them to spread it statistically is significant. Going to a stadium to watch a sporting event and cheering it on is antithetical to everything we've learned about the coronavirus. You have to travel there, oftentimes travel from out of state. You have to crowd into an area. You're going to be screaming. You're going to be yelling. You're going to be touching people. You're going to be in public bathrooms together. You're going to be waiting in concession lines together. Like everything about a packed house is everything we're not supposed to be doing. And so I don't I don't I don't care where you lie politically. I don't care how much belief you have in the virus. To me, that's just stupid. It just doesn't make any sense to on June 2nd say, we're going to go do this. We're not planning for anything else. I just think that's completely pigheaded and naive. I think like what we talked about all along on this was like, you don't have to make this, you know, people say you're going to cancel. Remember like Cal State University canceled yeah. all their. Yeah. It was like, why or why then? Yeah. Right. Like, and certainly in football, you could wait till July. We thought July one. And I mean, they're just letting kids back now or eight, the 8th or the 15th to, to do volunteer. I mean, you certainly could make this decision later on. So, you know, I, I think people are being optimistic. But, yeah, like you don't have to make that call yet. Um, we'll see. We, again, everything happens with this. We, we know more. Th things change, uh, you know, at least hopefully. And, uh, boy, it'd be nothing better than if we had an actual college football season. It just seems a little optimistic, but. Hey, if I guess if you're not worried about selling out in the first place, and um, then then you're not too worried about it about it going forward. But it's it, it certainly we're certainly I like talking about are we going to have a full house or not? Then whether or not uh, we can yeah. actually have a season. True, we come a long way there. Yep, yeah. yep, that's we, true. We have an NBA draft on October 15th that just broke from Woj. Yeah, that's mm, a weird fifteenth NBA draft. It's just weird. That's why I brought it up. It's just strange. Like yeah. that's that's like when you report to training camp normally. If this thing goes as scheduled now, we have obviously been walking through the desert of sports. <laughs> I mean, we are. The at last, I think it was last night. The ESPN was reshowing a Eastern Conference Finals game between the Celtics and the Miami Heat. Like we're they're they're out of great Finals games to show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the Heat made four consecutive finals, okay, and they had some epic series. <laughs> and we're out of the. We've already played all them. Yeah, let's get LeBron and Dwayne Wade playing Kevin Garnett, the Eastern Conference Final. Now there's some great. That's a great series. Believe me, I covered those. But that's where we're at. But think about this fall. Obviously, we're excited about college football. There are also going to be NFL. Mm-hmm. The NBA Finals in October, the Stanley Cup Finals in like October, baseball is so screwed up. They may end up with a 50 game season, a 50 game baseball season. Now, I don't know if that's going to come true, but the owners may do it. They have the right to do it. That is not a that is like a NASCAR race of a baseball season. Every game matters like crazy. Never underestimate baseball's ability to screw it up. Yeah, they're, they're showing us again. It's, I mean, it's every fantastic. other sports organization on earth has figured out how to come back to play to work out the money, eh, except for baseball. <laughs> Everybody else is like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, let's do it. European, I mean, every different European soccer, whatever. Kentucky Derby, all the mm -hmm. golf. The, the, the Masters is like the first weekend of, of November. Things like the NBA draft. Like that will get no attention. It'll just be like, oh, cool. <laughs> NBA draft tonight. I, like you could, I think there was a thing where Game Seven of the NBA Finals could be the same as Monday uh, on a Monday night, like Monday night. I mean, just just awesome. Like this could be really awesome. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. That's the best way to get us all to stay home and social distance 
is just put all these games on. Everyone's going to be like, yeah. like, I don't care. I don't need to go anywhere. That's the truth. Maybe I'm that can watch. counteract all of the yeah the the lack of social distancing that's going on. There'll be no on. second wave. Everyone will be watching yeah. sports. <laughs> and reading sports and going to sports websites and listening to sports podcasts. That's right. Yes. All those things. Yes. That, they've been doing that. All right, we're going to uh we're going to talk some fun stories here too cuz uh, lord knows we could use a laugh or two. And um that's what this podcast is about. And so I, I want to start with a story update, an ongoing saga, as we call it. Uh, and it involves the the epic party that they had over Memorial Day weekend at the Lake of the Ozarks, which I've sadly never been invited to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy with my friends in Missouri. Yeah. So you see Dan in a tube in. with his six pack of Bush Light. Like, well, the Bush Light would fit right in. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. This is my people. Yeah. And I didn't even know, like I said on a couple weeks ago, I didn't even know you were allowed to have fun in the state of Missouri. It's like the boring estate. <laughs> yeah. This is why but you have no friends in the state of Missouri to invite you to Might the Ozarks. Might be. I looked down on you guys and I was wrong. I admit I was wrong. Uh, clearly. But I think this is a potential, and this is going to be a big variable here. A potential man of the year, person of the year candidate. Hmm. Oh, okay. Now this he could also be worst person of the year, okay, because he attended the parties at the Lake of the Ozark and then later tested positive for COVID nineteen. So he very well may have infected like ten thousand fellow party goers. Mm -hmm. But what if he didn't? What if he didn't? Okay, and so we're gonna. I don't know. I don't know if they're tracing him or whatever. But uh, this is part of the ongoing saga. We wondered about the. The, you know, the wisdom of jamming 10,000 people in a pool mm -hmm. whose capacity appeared to be about 85 people. <laughs> but an unidentified, uh, they're not naming it, a visitor from Boone County. Oh, yeah, of course. Boone County is where Columbia, Missouri is. So University oh, of really? Missouri. Yep. It's way more cosmopolitan than I expect out of something called Boone County. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've well, been to Columbia. I ain't going to call it Cosmo. It ain't my, uh, <laughs> you you could go to Booneville 30 miles away, and then you, that would be right on par with what you're looking and what you're talking about. Boone County is like the kind of place where they like they don't have an elevator. <laughs> or like they got to go two counties over to ride the escalator. <laughs> they go places. to the mall, just ride the escalator is, up yeah, and down. Yeah, there's an escalator. Let's go into town and ride the escalator. Wetzel um, versus Missouri starting to take on shades getting of 40 ugly. versus Pullman here. It's getting ugly out there. Yeah. All right. Patrick Mahomes got my back. <laughs> All right. Boone County. So this guy goes to the lake May 23rd and 24th. Later finds out he, uh, he's got the COVID. I hope he's feeling well. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> this guy is such a good partier. Health officials in Camden County had to release a schedule of where he drank <laughs> as a public health warning. And I consider that really a badge of honor. <laughs> Imagine partying so much that the <laughs> local health officials had to put out a public release. <laughs> Saturday, he arrived at Backwater Jacks at 1 p.m. Hope he carved up a little bit, got some food, but I don't know. Drank at Backwater Jacks until 5 p.m. Four excellent, hours. Excellent four hours of day yeah. drinking. Mm -hmm. Oh, but he wasn't done. He left Backwater Jacks and headed over to Shady Gators and the Lazy Gators Pool. Arriving at 5.40 p.m. Okay. And then proceeded to get to drink at Shady Gators until 9. Wow. A full eight hours are in. Was he done? No. Hell to the no. He returned to Backwater Jacks and stayed till 10. Seemingly got a nightcap. That might have... That might have been when they told him to leave after that. He might have gotten thrown out of Backwater Jacks, the second appearance. Nine hours of day drinking and then left. Now we whereabouts unknown until 1 p.m. on Sunday. He wasn't done. Mm. 
Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh-huh. Shows up at the B-dubs. Uh, clearly gets his uh, gets his wing on to uh, <laughs> beat down the hangover. <laughs> I think we've all been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not going to deny it. Uh, then uh, drinks there and then returns to the Shady Gators. <laughs> Shady Gators. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not uh, a gentleman's club. I swear, <laughs> it's not a Gainesville gentleman's club. <laughs> Stays there from 2.30 till 7. And then, and this is why I think he's person of the year material, takes a taxi. Go drive. There you go. All well, right. I would hope not. He's been basically just up to an IV tube of alcohol for two days now. <laughs> takes the taxi from Shady Gators to a quote-unquote private residence around 7. Oh, I think he got, uh, I think he met somebody. Oh, maybe capped off the weekend uh, in style. I don't know what happened. I don't know. All I know was uh, I just looked the website for Shady Gators. Now open daily at 11 a.m. Chomp, chomp, it says. (laughs) (laughs) With a picture of the pool with like 200 people in it and around it. Congratulations, unnamed Boone County resident. (laughs) If you didn't infect and cause a massive outbreak of COVID and kill lots of people in Missouri, I I have you on the short list. Person of the year. <laughs> okay. So high yeah. stakes. This could well, break yeah, one yeah. way or the other. We have six months to let that play out and find out if this guy is the typhoid Johnny. <laughs> Everyone was really mad at him. I was like, ah. <laughs> I think it's a bad. Imagine if he, if he makes it through all this and it doesn't go bad. It'd be like, yeah, I was the guy. They partied so hard they needed a health official to come up. All right, people's court time. Okay. By the way, real quick, uh, the entertainment at Shady Gators this weekend is mad with two Ds, madded Hoss Jackson. And then next week on Tuesday, we have the Bar Olympics. I might have to just check in periodically, (laughs) see what's happening at Shady Gators. Go ahead. Again. We could send Mitchell down there for some live reports from social distance, of course. (laughs) I'm sure he would be quite pleased to be if we put him on a small expense account. It's a pretty good assignment. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very good swimmer. He's not afraid of the shady gator, lazy gator pool. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to send him. I am very interested in this Bar Olympics. Very interested to see what the scorecard is. Like, what do we got to finish? Like a, a big gulp of beer? What's going on here? Is there any details on this, Pat? Uh, not to my knowledge yet, but by golly, I'm, right. I'm on the case now. All right, get, get on it, would you? We yep. need a Yahoo Sports effort, not an SI.com effort, please. Uh, I just went to barroom wrestling in Atlanta once. There was a pro wrestling match in the bar. Pretty exciting. They said it was legal. Not sure. Not sure. We were right on the line. Uh, anyway, people's court... They have had a uh, obviously a lockdown in South Africa, mm-hmm. um, and there's been um, alcohol was prohibited during uh, certain stages of the lockdown. However, some people uh, in Johannesburg, uh, the biggest city there in South Africa, been to Johannesburg, they took took the law into their own hands. Here, solid concrete was no deterrent for thieves who tunneled. Tunneled into a Johannesburg liquor store during the lockdown, stealing whiskey, brandy, gin, ciders, vodka, and beer. Tremendous! Mm. The Shoprite Liquor Shop in Newton Junction. Uh, so you needed like you need like a paddy wagon to to, to haul out. You, you can't. This guy isn't like our beer bandit who rolled out with a couple cases in his arms. Like no. you need shopping carts. You need something to steal that much booze. These are some tough South Africans, man. These are some big, like, these are why they're good at rugby and those sports. (laughs) These guys, they need to be on the national rugby team. Well, they might be women, too. Um, I'm not going to disparage a South African woman. She'll beat (laughs) my ass, too. So (laughs) the manager of the store discovered the theft and a large hole in the floor Mm. when she entered the store on Friday. The suspect avoided the mall's main. It was in a mall. Wow. With alcohol and high demand, the lockdown store was secured from the outside throughout. However, the suspects avoided the mall's main entrance and said use electrical and stormwater tunnels beneath the shopping center to gain access to an area beneath the store. They then tunneled through the solid concrete floor directly into the shop. 
Somewhere Andy unc- Dufresne is smiling. Uh, yes, it's absolutely Andy Dufresne. Yeah, <laughs> time and pressure. You, and they're you, in San Montenegro right now, crushing their beers. <laughs> You're taking took the thought right out of my head. Is it? Are we? Are we? Are doing? Are we doing people's court on this or not? Yeah, yes, okay. we're doing people's yeah. court. Okay, all right, all right. Should these three sus? They have three suspects. Footage. There is footage of them inside the store. Uh, all of this they stole just 10 days later, liquor sales were allowed. So <laughs> these guys were so impatient for liquor to be, uh, because look, if you've got the money to, to, to pull this heist off, to have drilling equipment, <laughs> get away. I mean, to, to, to get the plans for the mall. So you know where to drill all of these things. If you have the money to do this, then whatever amount of booze you stole, it's just not uh, you could afford it. So do we punish them for stealing the alcohol and, and, and ruining the floor of the shop, right? Liquor shop. Kind of redundancy. Why do you call your name? It was shop, right? Liquor shop. I think you already said shop. Anyway, <laughs> what do we do here, Pat? Justice 40. What do you uh, have on this? Well, this guilty is or was, innocent? Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. And Pete was right along in my lines of what I was thinking here is here's what you do. You lock them up and you throw away the key at these scoff laws and then you challenge them to dig out. Because if they're <laughs> proven to be as good as they are at digging into that place, I want to see if they can then dig out of the prison. I think you put the challenge down to them and I think they would welcome the challenge. They would take a 25-year sentence just for the challenge, I think, of seeing if they could tunnel their way back out of the clink. I say hammer them and put down the put down the... The uh, challenge to see if they can do it. We just can't look at this situation in the micro. All right. We have to look at this in the macro. What kind of society would ban booze during a pandemic? I mean, (laughs) what are you doing to your people? Can you imagine the four of us having not been able to drink for the last two and a half months? Like, I just I just really think what they did in South Africa was completely unconstitutional. And you can't hold people (laughs) responsible for trying to keep them without liquor for that long. So it was a completely justified response by the underground beer bandits. And uh, I hope they are never caught. I hope they run free because really it was a it was a small sip for them, but it was a giant sip for mankind. Uh, Noted South African constitutional scholar, Pete Thamel. It's unconstitutional. My experiences in South Africa is I drank a lot. So not that that changes no matter what continent yeah. I'm on. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're not exactly zip code dependent on that, Dan. No, so. no. Point but me the zip code where you didn't drink a lot. Yeah, right. mm. a one, lot night, one night in Provo. It was uh, <laughs> went back to the room quietly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I agree. This is just terrible public policy and sometimes the people have to rise up against the government i mean it just it just has to happen all right one more people's court i don't even know where to go with this this is this could get i read sort of the story uh just a a, a word to the word of warning this is going to get aggressive Uh-oh. so be careful uh, if you have uh people you don't want hearing this okay uh, if you're if you're at work no one is but maybe you are <laughs> uh first off this tweet was fantastic oh yeah I, I, rarely does a tweet get better by the word, but here we go. <laughs> Spanish porn star Nacho Vidal. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with his work, but <laughs> Spanish. If he's any relation to the soccer player, it's Vidal. I like Arturo Vidal. <laughs> Vidal. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sully. Sully pops right up with that one. Uh, Sully knows <laughs> the Spanish porn star. No, 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 no. Old Nacho. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nacho Vidal, who likes to advertise his aromatic candles shaped like male genitalia on Twitter. (laughs) This is all one tweet. Uh. Has been arrested on manslaughter charges following a man's death during a mystic ritual in which he inhaled psychedelic toad venom. (laughs) All right, so uh, that is getting a click from me. Yeah. Okay. You want clickbait? Um, Do you think candle sales are up or down in the wake of this news? <laughs> I think I think Nacho's business is booming, even if he's <laughs> if he is currently incarcerated. 
<laughs> Candle shaped as male genitalia, but what is the aromatic? What would you no, make that? that was, I was just going to say, the funniest word in that tweet is aromatic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a weird identifier. Like Spanish porn star wasn't enough. He also sells candles. Guess you don't like make good money. Candles. Do you make? Is this like on brand? Like you're trying to become a business, or is it just don't make a lot of money as a Spanish porn star? <laughs> Can't you see the ads at like 3 a.m. in Barcelona on like cable access TV for the candles? <laughs> <laughs> have the lavender scented phallus here you go <laughs> <laughs> what's that dad <laughs> just a candle just, yeah. uh, don't worry about it it's so change, aromatic yeah change the smells so good don't yeah. get close to it used to describe what those candles likely look like <laughs> what the what I wanted to Google the candles, but I, I like my job. No, I, so I'm not. We're, I'm not. We're in a pandemic. I'm not. I'm not Googling anything to do with old Vidal. Sully, you seem to be an expert on Nacho Vidal. Um, exactly how big you think this candle is? Ah, uh, no comment. No comment at all. All right. Take a while to burn that one down. Need the three wick. Oh dear. Uh, all right. Let's get to the story. Uh, yeah. Because uh, it, 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 it gets better. Oh, wait, where did I lose it? <laughs> How can it get better? Here's the story. Uh, porn star has been arrested on manslaughter charges following a man's death that a mystic ritual of inhaled psychedelic toad venom, <laughs> Spanish authorities said. So the toad, this is according to the police statement. And, uh, imagine the glee. I mean, it's sad <laughs> someone died, but imagine being the PR public information officer at this police station. Yeah, getting together, put together this release. Yeah. Police operation began following the victim's death during a celebration of a mystic ritual based on the inhalation of venom of the Bufo Alvarez toad. The toad, a rare species which is native to the Sonoran Desert, stretches from northern Mexico into California and Arizona. Aha! Mm -hmm. Get your freak on, Pac 12. <laughs> Secretes. The toad secretes venom containing a very powerful natural psychedelic substance known as the 5-MeO-DMT. So you can get high off a toad venom. What could go wrong? <laughs> this just, you know what? Don't it's do natural. this. Just dig a tunnel into the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that their defense uh, in the people's court in uh, south africa well it was toad venom or the axe pick so i went okay. with the axe pick here comes another paragraph i don't even know what these these words are in english but i don't even know i'm not smart <laughs> enough to know that the sentence means its effects have been compared to the aha who asuka a powerful hallucinogenic ayahuasca you know ayahuasca. That you know what this is yeah, too yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sully, expert on all things involving this weird story. You got to go to the jungle and, and it, it, you, you take it and start tripping out and some doctor blows some smoke over you and then you start puking. It, it really sounds like a great time. Boy, He's saying it like it's a trip great. to Dairy Queen. How don't you know that? Like, right. <laughs> You never. Mm, yeah, yeah, whatever. So, sign me up whatever. for that joy sure yeah, he's like, yeah, you never had a you never had a blizzard before. Yeah, they put they put like the Oreo cookies in there. What the hell were you doing in Tennessee? <laughs> Definitely more uh, moonshine than ayahuasca in Knoxville. I would think so. I thought you guys just yeah drank drank whiskey and talked about three star recruits from suburban Atlanta. Get the nail on the head there, Dan. Love them three stars. Dreamed of them, Dan. Not Dream. only talked about them, dreamed Talked of them up, them. coveted them, tweeted Heart. at them. I heard uh, 24 sevens might upgrade him to four star. <laughs> <laughs> we need that uh, right. three technique from Jackson. All right. Its effects have been compared to whatever the hell Sully just described, a powerful hallucinogenic <laughs> concoction from the Amazon consumed as part of a shamanic ritual. Okay. So it took 11, uh, following an 11 month inquiry, police uh, arrested Nacho, one of his relatives and an employee on suspicion of manslaughter. Uh, they discovered that uh, such rituals are being carried out regularly on the grounds that they offered medical benefits, but apparently uh, they do not. Oh, wait, I found out more about the candles. <laughs> right. How big? 
Nacho, a media savvy porn star in his mid forties, <laughs> who's <laughs> who's I mean, he's, he's got a college football podcast talking about him. So I guess media savvy <laughs> you know, would be one way to put it. It's one way to get press: kill somebody <laughs> <laughs> with toad venom. Yeah, we don't talk about Yankee candles on this podcast, so he's doing something no. right. His Twitter feed is full of ads for his twenty-five centimeter aromatic huh. candle. That's like of the male genitalia. Ten inches, I think. It's uh, about a, yeah, it's close to a foot. I think it's ten 30, inches. I'm pretty sure. Ten inches. Uh, I, I think one just, one inch is two and a half centimeters, roughly. I can, wow, you're smart. <laughs> Not from Canada. I mean, I don't know how that thing works. Anyway, <laughs> the candles come in white, black, or cerise. What is that word? <laughs> I've never had more words I can't pronounce. What is going on? What color is cerise? C E R. Uh, it's like a, a pinkish, purplish kind of thing. I'm looking okay. it up right now. Who the hell wrote this? Why can't they just say kind of a purplish thing? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know if I should people's court this. Uh, what What should we do with Nacho? <laughs> Invite him on the podcast. Pete, you got any ideas other than Sully's hero? Sully will weep if he. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I will say this. Now, look, I mean, it seems like I've heard like about when when you go to prison, people like sharpening knives out of soap and stuff. So this guy obviously has some soap skills uh, already. And we, I think you send him in there and let him work with the prison soap and see what he can come up with. So uh, he him. Like the uh, like the tunnelers, I say put them in the put them in the lockup and see how creative they can be. I would have to think, you know, being the Spanish constitutional scholar that I am, <laughs> uh, there would have to be some loopholes for toad venom. You know, it's natural. Ah <laughs> uh, man, I'm just going to backwater jacks for like 14 hours this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> this world, uh, we can. What's yeah. the worst thing that yeah. could happen at this yeah. point? You'll, you'll look like you had too much toad venom by the, yeah. by the end of 14-hour bender yeah. there. So. Uh, uh, we'll be back next week with more. I uh, hope everyone has a safe in all manners uh, and, uh, and positive weekend. Uh, please subscribe. Thanks for listening and uh, tolerating our stupidity uh, here for you. Take care. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to follow us on social media at skullduggerypod